Hello and welcome back to the uh, Age of Empires Definitive Podcast. Uh, this is part two of the Voices of Babylon episode. Um, and we're going to kind of start off at, at uh, I guess, the fifth mission in the Voices of Babylon campaign. Uh, so it, it kind of starts off in near uh, at the Karun River near Susa in uh, one... I was going to say 112, but it's more uh, 1120 BCE in the capital of the Elamites. Uh, and your goal, kind of your task uh, by Nebuchadnezzar, which is you know, such a great name, uh, to recapture the Marduk statue. Um, you start off with eight archers um, that have uh, combos of bows. And it's actually a lot of fun because you end up getting to micro. For those who don't know, uh, micro is just micromanage. So you just kind of move your units around, try to keep the archers alive. Um, and you kind of walk through. Uh, towards the bottom of the map at the bottom of the map i actually found horses and uh <laughs> it ended up being that those horses were actually harder for me to control with the bowmen uh and later i'd realized that um you'd <laughs> need to use those bowmen um kind of to take out towers from far away before like without the towers being able to hit you and then you can kind of let your uh your horsemen kind of go in and, and kind of run down the bottom of the map that way uh there's also a secret area where there's where you can actually build priests in the beginning of the mission um which i found out by taking out these two random towers uh so that was a nice little ad because you could heal up your units um and so essentially what i end up doing is i would kind of there's like a row of towers uh in a line and i'd have to um take down the towers and then have the priests heal up our units um uh, which is nice uh, honestly I, I think i've said this before that the types of missions where you um <clears throat> where you're able to just kind of have like it's a little more linear it kind of pushes you to where you want to go i actually really enjoy those missions um so i like this one the sense of progression as you're going through the map um and then uh yeah essentially uh that that was my kind of whole plan as you kind of worm your way through the map uh and then you go through uh and eventually find this area that's kind of marked with your banner and the, at the top side of the map after going <laughs> through this like maze, I guess. Uh, and in that marked area, you're able to um, kind of build up your own little army and economy uh, and eventually make your way to the sea or river. Uh, I guess the river, because it's the Karn River. So make your way through the river, uh, build up a fleet, uh, and then you can actually launch an assault on the city. So uh, I think in general, I really liked how this map was laid out um event trying to get your units to uh deploy after using <clears throat> well i don't know after you kind of it's kind of like i felt like i had to like get my transport ships deploy them and then rush them immediately in or else the uh the catapults from the enemy would destroy me when i was trying to get on the island um but eventually i was able to get enough chariots and build up to uh, a point where i could just uh over flood the enemy I feel like more and more, I, I really like fast units in this game, uh, just because sometimes those slower units uh, are just a lot easier to hit, and if you're not paying attention, then uh, catapults or that use AI, <clears throat> AOE damage, so uh, area of effect damage, uh, can kind of take out your whole army without you realizing it, so <laughs> um, that's always a pain. So uh, eventually, essentially that assault, I guess it's Sousa is the city. Uh, as a mission, like I said, I think this, this one was quite enjoyable. Um, I think there was one point though that I felt like I was running out of resources on the map because uh, I actually when I took over that spot uh, in the north side I was able to uh, 
when I took over that spot on the north side, I was able to build up this giant economy. Uh, and then I realized, oh, wait, I'm running out of resources like gold and <laughs> gold mostly because I, I just mined it completely out. Uh, and then made cavalry units hoping that I'd be able to kind of go through the choke point. Um, but the way the map's designed is like if you don't get out of the choke point when you're attacking Sousa, the one entrance to, to the uh, city... Uh, then you kind of get crushed, which I mean makes sense, obviously, if you from a strategic perspective. I mean, a city that has like one area of entry just just makes sense to be able to easily defend that. Um, so yeah, I think as a mission in general, I enjoyed it, uh, and then and then I will now move on to the second mission. So now in the sixth mission, uh, the ca the caravan as it's called, uh, you're kind of in eastern Mesopotamia. Uh, 1119 bc and now you have to return that statue you captured back to safety so it's an escort mission it's kind of different uh i enjoyed it um i was never really afraid of the artifact kind of losing hands so it was more trying to keep your units alive and using different priests um at, at the first time i tried this mission the catapults that you find uh near the beginning ended up killing a lot of my own units and i lost it um so i was kind of confused by that uh it ended up being a shorter mission i guess than than i would have expected um you know it's it's you kind of once you make it through the different obstacles it's, it's not actually that long of a mission you just have to make sure you go uh west as opposed to east um and uh, a big thing is you find a temple at some point so you're able to make a couple more priests and you use those priests to convert the elephants on your way there and that kind of makes up most of your army so you can actually finally push through towers and make it to the end uh yeah elephants and having priests heal them definitely helped uh, kind of make this mission i don't know if like easier but it, it, it was a strategy that definitely started working um there's a lot of different like little traps set up towers where you wouldn't expect them or, or uh i don't know if scorpions are the right word the the like giant kind of bone arrow but like ballista i i don't know what the word is for it but uh, th they're kind of all around and sometimes they'll snipe down your your uh, priests or your archers so uh, those are definitely something to be aware of in this mission uh the mission after it uh called lord the uh euphrates uh, and it's situated at the uh, euphrates river uh from 748 to 734 bc um this is so interesting right because you, you take like that it's almost a 400 year gap right um i think i've talked to this in the more historical episodes of the show how these civilizations will take like gaps in time where just like nothing happens or they kind of disappear for a bit they're a little less relevant and maybe maybe it's not the case that they're not as relevant but um at least for the those who designed this campaign they thought okay this is another big thing that happened to babylonia so uh, we're going to reintroduce it in 748 bc you know 400 years later from your previous mission um and the kind of idea is that you're tasked with revitalizing the babylonian armies and destroying the arameans um so uh i kind of took this this is definitely one of those uh you know build up your army and defeat opponents um and i i think i think the the big thing about this one is i didn't realize where a lot of my opponents are because you have uh opponents to the um to the kind of east northeast north uh <laughs> northeast north um and then you have your opponents that are way out in the west and you actually have to uh you know uh ship over your units and kind of attack from the from that side so um 
I think uh, a big thing about this mission was just realizing where where kind of the attack was coming from. I think towers are helpful in campaign missions in general um, because they let your workers kind of work with a little bit of peace and mostly mostly because of the way the AI works uh, within the game. The AI kind of tends to if 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 the computer sends kind of units towards your villagers, but then a tower attacks them, they automatically go attack the tower instead, which is perfect. So essentially the towers <laughs> kind of like lure in or, or confuse the computer into letting you kind of survive a lot of missions, um, which, uh, you know, it's probably definitely not the case in multiplayer, right? If it's a small, if you're playing against another human, they might know to like, okay, ignore the damage and just go after the villagers. But in this case, if you want to survive, a lot of times just having a tower near your farms is very helpful. Uh, and that was particularly the case in this mission. Um, so yeah, I, I've d definitely felt like a lot of the missions where you kind of build up from, from scratch, it's a lot about surviving. Um, and it, it, at times it's hard because you kind of need to like find enough units to, to kind of make it through. But um, once you do, you can kind of really push through and it's it's not that much of a problem per se. Um, yeah, no, the, this mission... I think I did restart once or twice, but it was mostly just, I think, figure out the layout of the map. I think that's another big thing about these missions is, like, when you restart them, you actually do know where everything is. So you can kind of plan where you plant your towers or where you have to defend accordingly, uh, as opposed to when you play it the first time and you're completely in the dark and you don't know where you're going. So uh, I think that's a big thing, too, is, is kind of as you play through these missions multiple times, if you are having trouble, um, you start to kind of figure out where everything is, and I think that makes it a lot easier per se um i so there's a point where where after i defeated the arameans from the north um i was i brought a whole like my whole army it was a whole army of archers uh to the armenians from the west um like over on their island it just attacked but i wasn't paying attention and a lot of their catapults just destroyed all my units <laughs> uh which was unfortunate but it's also like this this is why I mean, there's, I guess, two ways you can approach it. With a 50 population cap, you can kind of either become the kind of the, the wave boss, I like to call, where you just send units and you don't really, like, try to try to micromanage. You don't try to move them individually. Um, or, you know, or you can actually just have this, like, one unit that you are focusing on. Uh, so after after our, I had a, a bunch of longbowmen, after those died, I uh, went back and built a bunch of horse archers and kind of maxed out on them. And then while also building more towers along... Uh, I guess where my farms were because uh, the Western Arameans were, were starting to um, get transport ships onto my base. So just having like a whole bunch of towers, fully upgrade everything as well. I, I took my time with this mission. So uh, I was pretty safe. And then I just built like these giant weather chariot armies uh, and, and just uh, for, first the chariot archers. And th those are nice because it kind of pushed me through the, the north wall of the base. Uh, then I put them in hold position in the middle of the base because those are... Those are really good units to kind of take out other infantry units. Um, and then I reinforced with normal chariots with spears that were able to destroy buildings a little faster. Um, and then I was just able to completely flood the base. But for some reason, uh, you know, this Aramean, Western Aramean army wasn't willing to, uh, what's it called? Uh, just admit defeat really quickly. I had to destroy pretty much all the buildings in this, their last dock. And it was just... <laughs> It was, it was it took longer than I thought, but it was also fun having like a million chairs just run, running around this map uh, on the western island once I was able to get it. So that was that was the seventh mission in the, that Babylonian campaign. And then on to uh, 
the eighth and final mission uh, of the Babylonian campaign um, called the Conquest of Nineveh. I I hope I'm saying that one right. Uh, in 612, so once again, another big gap. I think I think that's the one thing that that I, I've said this before that I think the the original Age of Empires. I think does a good job of like kind of trying to get like the important like the the most important battles from you know a th- thousands or two thousands of years and just put them into one campaign um but if if you are following one hero one character which i think the second game does a lot more of uh you're a lot more uh you're a lot i guess yeah i've said this before but you're you're kind of a lot more uh I, I guess it's more personal in some ways um and the history i guess because you keep following one person as they're kind of going through these different battles the history aspect I feel gets actually taught. This is something I actually talk, I can talk about here where um, while I think it's cool that there's all these like different individual battles, I don't think anyone playing the games would necessarily remember a lot of them um, just because it's like one mission about this one person and then you go on to the next mission about a different person and because of that, it's kind of hard to to actually start memorizing or familiarizing yourself um, with that historical part of the game. Uh, so if, if from like you know, I guess from a learning standpoint, right? If, if you're trying to like use some of these games to get a historical knowledge of some, some kind, right? Um, I think, I think the games tend to do a good job of having people that, that, you know, whether it's historical professors or the otherwise, um, I think they do a good job of, um, kind of getting, they do a good job of getting those people kind of on board and then making sure the history is, is, you know, to the to, to that person's opinion, the, the 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 most objective that it can be, um, but you know, with something like this where you're jumping so much from every year, like at this point, I can't even remember you the big battles that happened in the last campaign, and that was a month ago, right? While I think if like the whole campaign was about this one king doing like a bunch of things, I think it would be a lot more memorable. That's you know, that's obviously a hypothesis. I don't know if that would actually be the case. Regardless, let's get into that last mission of the Babylonian campaign. So this is the I guess the third campaign now that I've, I've played through within this game. Um, so the campaign of the Conquest of Nivea, um, instead of, you know, use, oh yeah, by the way, your goal as a, is to liberate uh, Babylonia from Assyrian oppression. And if you look at the map right before this camp, this mission starts, like not the map of the mission itself, but the, the map of the world, you can see the Assyrians are significantly larger landmass than uh, Babylonia, like this is definitely the very end of the Babylonian <laughs> rule, um, and uh, you know I think the truth is in many ways, um, and I'm sure I'm sure the campaigns will get into uh, Rome, but you know that that the kind of rise of the Roman Empire is going to definitely dictate a lot of what happens at this time, as the Rome takes over most of the Mediterranean, right? Um, but you know Babylonia, I think the reason it's so interesting because it it holds it holds historical value in like the law of Hammurabi and stuff like that. Um, but, but a lot of it just feels like it kind of gets lost to history. Um, like you'll know Babylonia and then you kind of think like, Oh, they were like this really, you know, big empire from like way, way, way back when. Um, and while I think the Egyptian per se, the Egyptian, uh, like, the knowledge and the culture of the Egyptians kind of stays even throughout the Roman period. The Babylonian one you hear is significantly less about. Obviously, this is from, from Western perspective. So perhaps um, if you're kind of talking to to more Eastern scholars or Middle Eastern scholars, I guess would, would be the term. Um, 
you know they, they they probably have much more research and much more common knowledge of of uh this empire than than perhaps i would you know coming from a western standpoint um so yeah your goal here in this in this mission the conquest of Nevea, is to destroy wonder and break the power um <clears throat> so i this one's nice because you kind of start with all the economy so i'm able to get all my upgrades uh i took over the the uh kind of uh, I don't know uh, what, what the name of it, but there's like an enemy to your to your immediate west that had like a whole golden stone stockpile. So I took over that, uh, and then I kind of like toured around this giant, uh, uh, like Nineveh, Nineveh, Nineveh. The the giant the giant city is like has all these like towers and walls, and it's like you kind of have to find an opening. Um, luckily, to the very northeast of it, uh, there's not only a nice path towards the actual one herself, but there's, uh, you also find, uh, uh, ships that have actual catapults on them. So you're able to destroy the towers in that area, that Northeast area. Um, and you can start kind of making your way through. Um, and then on top of that, what I did is I, uh, built a siege workshop and I actually, <laughs> the, the way I beat this mission is I started building towers one by one going forward. Cause they were fully upgraded towers with fully upgraded catapults behind it. And the way it worked is essentially the catapults will go destroy buildings and then run away behind the towers as I like slow push my way uh, all the way through to to kind of get to the end. Uh, and that's how I was able to kind of get to the wonder overall. And it was crazy because once you have like fully upgraded towers, like their whole onslaught was just getting destroyed. You just have to honestly, all I had to do when it comes to micromanaging at that at this point was make sure my catapults would hit the enemy catapults before they destroyed my towers like that or destroyed my other catapults that was kind of the goal um so yeah it was just this slow tower push until i finally made it to the wonder and destroyed it um yeah overall uh, last mission of the campaign it kind of ends i think i think while other missions kind of have like their closing statement like this is the biggest expanse or whatever um here it just says like as a general like the babylonian empire is pleased with the work you've done but um yeah, I guess it kind of ends in like, you know, the truth is like at that point, ba Babylon is kind <clears> of <throat> definitely on the downswing. So it's not, uh, it's not being seen kind of from, from the lens of this like great empire and you've built it the final thing. It's almost like this like second rise or third rise. And uh, obviously in the future, the, the names will change slightly and uh, of who controls, controls that area and, and stuff like that. So um yeah overall uh campaign finished i think it's it's weird to me that the first mission ended up being the, the hardest mission for me um it's you know i, I kind of feel like a lot of the missions should kind of build i think that would be a nice thing if they could kind of find a way to make the difficulty of the missions build as the as you progress through the campaign so you start with the easier mission you get a harder harder instead of what it felt like i did this like almost crazy impossible first mission uh, and then it went into, you know, very, uh, not, not so impossible, like, well, not, not impossible, but like missions that would uh, be quick. Well, quickly is not the word. Cause it would take, I would take my time with it, but, uh, that would be like on the first try. Right. Um, so I think that's definitely something that that's interesting to me is that like usually in campaigns, especially ones I'm used to in modern games, you know, the, usually the level of difficulty, it's harder as you go through the game, but here was completely different said, you know, here was like uh here is kind of like the first mission is really really difficult and then the other mission is more about figuring out 
um and once yeah and, and especially going back kind of to that to that uh seventh mission that that where you kind of have to survive i think a lot of those missions where you're building up from ground scratch it's all about just survival until you get to a point where you can just max or remax without a problem uh and that, that's just the truth of it i guess uh, anyway, with that, uh, this has been The Voice of Babylon Part 2. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you all in, you know, the next show, which, uh, if I may say so, uh, will be a little bit different, a little bit of a surprise. Anyway, with that, see ya.